Welcome back, everybody, to the Rooted in Logos podcast, episode number 57. My name is Brad. I'm joined, as always, by my dear friend, Austin. Austin, how you doing, brother? I'm doing... I'm, yeah, I'm doing. <laughs> we're doing. We've had a bout of, yet again, another sickness yeah. through the weekend, so it's... But we're good. We're, we're coming through. Yeah. Everybody's... Fevers have all broken. Everybody is... Um, two of them. Two of them. Okay. Yeah. All right, well... Hey, continue praying. <laughs> time of year for that, honestly. Like, yeah, yeah. With the weather changing, eighty degrees one day, twenty degrees the next. You know, hard to stay healthy during it's that. True. My allergies have decided to attack me today, so been just sne- now uh, all day. Honestly, been sneezing most of the day and just runny nose and just gross fun stuff, man. Oh, you know it, the Ohio Valley. It's what we live for. So anyway, we are excited to be here. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Today, we are going to go through Romans chapter 14. I don't really have anything to start us off with. I mean, there's a stupid basketball game on tonight that doesn't matter to anybody ever across this country. Like, it's dumb. Basketball's stupid. Why is it even a sport? Right. Un- until November, and then I'll might be excited again. But <laughs> until then, I'm still bitter, still angry. Opening day is Thursday for baseball. We just talked about baseball mm-hmm. and how Austin is not a fan. But, not uh, that I'm not a fan, I just... I, I will be care. wearing my Atlanta Braves gear on Thursday to work, <laughs> because opening day, and come home and watch that game against the, the Reds, so it'll be fun. Literally, no I, one cares. I do admit, I do admit, the, the whole baseball ball atmosphere is pretty cool. You know, I remember going to uh, Louisville Bats game, yeah, River Bats, and it was just fun, you know, hanging out with your, your friends, hanging out with your family. You watch some baseball, <laughs> you're just hanging out. I got a friend that takes a book to games. Really? Yeah. Oh. So they just like the crowd. I guess they like the crowd noise, and and, and they I'm sure they look up at you know various plays when that when yeah when the bat yeah hits the ball you, you look up and okay I get it see I mean what the play is I, but I don't want to pay that much to go read a book <laughs> right. but I mean to each his own cool yeah. beans but no ex- excited for another baseball season to get started but more excited. About Romans chapter 14. Yeah. Which is what we're going to dive like into today. Way. That was good, wasn't it? That was good. Uh, getting better at this, I think. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, let's just let's just dive into Romans 14. So we, we have gone through the first 13 chapters. We started a long time ago long doing that. And, you know, I was actually going through my, my grandma in, in Kentucky. We were, I went to her house to help her do some yard work yesterday. And she was like, set me up so I can listen to your podcast. So I got her a Spotify account and... Hey. Got it rolling, so uh, Grandma, if you're listening, hello. Hello. Um, Welcome. Her name is Barbara. Hey, Barbara. So, uh, Barbara, Austin, Austin, Barbara. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but no, so I was looking back, and she's like, oh, well, how long are your episodes? I'm like, eh, you know, we stay around 50 minutes or so. And then I started looking, I'm like, okay, we used to stay at 50 minutes. <laughs> and, and then I started looking, I said, man, we spent an hour and like 27 minutes on Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Verse 1, yeah. And then another hour and 20 minutes on verse 2. So we've been going through Romans for a while. Yeah. Um, and so we're getting close to the end. We're going to start chapter 14 today. Hopefully finish that up. Hit another topic next week. And then 15, another topic. And then 16. Wrap it up in yeah. just a few weeks. Uh, so we're excited about that. And maybe we'll start through go through another book at some point. But yeah, uh, man. Romans has been a great study. Go back and listen to them. They don't necessarily build on each other. I think you can listen to them independently. Yeah. But... I mean, the book of Romans is put in an order for a reason, so it's not the worst idea to start at Romans 1 and just kind of listen through. It's a letter. Yeah. You read a letter from front, front to back, yeah. But uh, 
you know, we hit different topics during each one. And so when you, you know, just like a sermon would be if when you were like, hey, this topic sounds kind of interesting. Let's see, see what that is. And so jump into Romans 13 when we talk about civil authority and, yeah. and whatnot. But yeah, go back and listen to the study on Romans if you haven't done so. And uh, this will be another portion of that. So without further ado, let's read Romans chapter 14, and then we will dive through verse by verse. Um, I'll get us started and stop, and Austin will finish us off. So Romans 14, starting in verse 1. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but do not quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person only eats vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in the honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in the honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in the honor of the Lord, and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let none of us pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for even anyone who thinks it unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. But what you eat, do not destroy the one whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not for the sake of food destroy the work of God. For everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine, or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, because the eating is not from faith, for whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Romans chapter 14. It's a a good one, and and I... I like the the headline here because people will will use this passage as again one of those you can't judge me. Yep. But what does it really say, and what is it really talking about when this headline, which is not in obviously in Paul's letter, but right. that we've added, do not pass judgment on one another. Okay. What are we not passing judgment on? So let's dive into that. 
As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. So, what does it mean when he says, as for one who is weak in faith? And so I immediately, my first thought, I gravitate immediately to new believers. New believers who are still on the milk. We talk about milk versus steak a lot on this podcast because it is a driving force. We want to take people from milk to steak on, on on this show. One of our purposes. And when I see the, the term, the one who is weak in faith, that's immediately what I think of. It's someone who is either brand new in the faith or maybe someone who has been around for a while but stayed on the milk for, yes. for whatever reason. That's where mine goes. Yeah. yeah. For the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. And so we could spend the entire time <laughs> unpacking this verse. And yeah. we, we're not going to do that. But I think this implies a couple of things. And Austin, correct me if I'm wrong. But I think what this implies is, one, some of these secondary issues inside the faith, some of these deeper theological issues, not necessarily your core issues, your Jesus is the only way to heaven, he is the son of God, lived a sinless life, he died, he rose again on the third day. That is basic. We all have to agree on that. Yes. Period. (laughs) Or else we're not agreeing. The person who doesn't agree with that is not a Christian. Right. Right? These are core Christian beliefs. Yeah. Has to be done. Has to be agreed upon. Other issues that don't necessarily need to be agreed that I believe Paul is talking... First of all, he explicitly says food and diet and drink. Right. Right? And so he's having this whole debate on, can you eat pig? Can you eat oysters? Can you eat shrimp? Can you eat these things that under Jewish law were considered unclean? Yeah. Are you allowed to now eat those things? And so, and we're going to get to this here in a minute, but some people were having a lot of trouble saying, no, you Gentiles that are now Christians or one of us or grafted in, you, you, you have to conform to our ways of eating. You right. can't eat, you can't eat your bacon. You can't right. eat this, that, and the other. And Paul's like, no, guys, look, that's not, you're missing the point here. Yeah. yeah. You're missing the point. Those who are new in the faith, those who are weak in their faith, they don't, they need the milk right now. They yeah. need to get shored up and they need to get firm and solid in the faith and their faith in Christ and his work of salvation. So what other topics could we be talking about here? Honestly, we could ta- be talking about like the doctrine of election versus free will versus yeah. what does free will even mean? We could be talking about your deep issues with baptism. Does it happen immediately? Does it happen, right. you know, a few days later, months later? When do we baptize? This can be, do we take the Lord's Supper every single week or do we take it once a month? Do we take it quarter? Like so many different things that are not core issues. Yes. That these who are weak in the faith don't need, they don't need that yet. Right. It's not time for that yet. Does does the person who is brand new to the faith need to d- discuss eschatology, the end times, right? Maybe not. Do they need to talk about ecclesiology, the, the study of the church? Maybe not. Because they're weak. They're new. They're on the milk. They need the basics. Yep. And it it is interesting that that Paul doesn't spend too much time going over different, as he says, quarreling over opinions. He only voices a few, and then he moves on. Right. And and that's what we're doing. We, like Brad said, we could spend an entire episode just talking about the different opinions throughout the church that uh, has led to church splits. Blue carpet or red carpet? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) As simple things as that. And I mean, obviously blue carpet, but... Ooh, I'm a green carpet guy. I mean, that's fine, too. Just not red. Uh, 
<laughs> exactly. The podcast is over. We're done. We quit. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. It's opinions. Opinions based on scripture or opinions that have nothing to do with scripture. So he, yeah, he just voices a few. He voices um, uh, dietary restrictions and days. So yeah, dietary restrictions going from the Jewish faith into this. It's yeah, they they had strict laws that God placed said do not eat uh, anything with a cloven hoof, do not eat uh, shellfish. Um, the reason being, we could always get into that, but it, that'll be a different episode. <laughs> but it was the law; yeah. they had to abide by the law. The other side of it too, a lot of the people that came from paganism to Christianity. Um, definitely during this early stage, uh, a lot of these pagan beliefs were they would come, they would give their their priests the this meat offering. And so their priests would sacrifice, but whatever was left, they the next day they would go and sell it in the market. And it would be basically a discount price. It would be cheaper. So a lot of times people would go buy this meat for cheaper. And these, these believers that are as... Paul refers to them as basically stronger in their faith. They realize that, well, these idols are nothing. It's a statue. There's nothing there. Therefore, this meat is being sacrificed to nothing. Therefore, it's it's fine. There's right. nothing unclean about it. So, and, and as Paul later says, there's nothing that is unclean to eat. So, in their mind, they're like, it's fine. I'm buying this meat at a che- cheaper cost, and it's fine. But you have... These people that came from that pagan belief, that believed in that idol, that believed in that God. And, the you know, they ask, Where, where'd you get the meat at? And they're like, oh, I got it, the discount, whatever, this table. And they're like, oh, that, that meat was actually um, sacrificed to Dagon or sacrificed to Moloch or something. I can't eat that. And uh, we'll get into that a little bit more you know, not causing another to stumble. But th- that's the other side of it. Besides the Jew- the Jews, knowing what they couldn't, couldn't eat the law, you have the pagans that are coming into the faith, and they're new in the faith, and they're like, I, I can't eat that. And I think if you look on the flip side, from a Jewish perspective, Jews who came to Christ, and they are, I mean, like Paul, where he was the Jew of Jews, he, yeah. he followed the law. Like, he... He did it, tried to do it to the T in his mind, and, yeah. and especially with the food and the diet. And so you have these Jewish now Christians mm-hmm. who are still wanting to follow their food laws. Yes. They then see the pagans that come in or the Gentiles that come in to the faith in Christ that don't follow those food laws and they don't feel it necessary to not eat pork, not eat shellfish, and, and so on and so forth. And so the Jew then is judging or condemning the Gentile yep. for, for the, over the food they're eating. And they're saying, you have to change your dietary meal preferences or dietary practices to be a Christian. Yeah. And Paul's like, no, guys, like that's not, that is not what we need to be arguing about here. That's not what we need. This is not the hill to die on yeah. over these opinions, the opinions of food, some of the lesser doctrines that, that are out there, some of the, the secondary and tertiary issues. Right. I feel like you weren't a huge fan of this. Maybe I'm wrong, but like we talked about in men's Bible study one week, where one of uh, one of our guys in the study said, you know, there's the bullseye, and you got those are the issues that we all need to agree on. And you got the second level issues that like there's room for interpretation. And you have the third level issues that are really just kind of out there philosophical issues. Yeah. And 
they're good to talk about, but they're not the core issues. Right. I don't know. I, I can't remember. Did you? Oh, uh, I agreed with you. You agreed yeah. with that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else or something else. I don't know. I actually know what you're talking about. In oh, do you? The, it's a different. Topic. Oh, it's a different topic. Yeah. Got it. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I've slept since we had that class. I don't know. But yeah, so I think that's what Paul's kind of driving at here. And I think that's where we can kind of take this is like, look, there's there are opinions and there are belief systems that we're all going to have. They're going to be a, different from each other on some level. But we got to get these core issues in. And then as they move from milk to meat, yeah, then we start really honing in on their theology and really yeah. start kind of saying, hey, let's start looking at who you're listening to teaching wise. Let's start looking at you know, what music you're listening to. Let's start looking at what practices and, and yeah. are you being ritualistic to a point where it's becoming an issue? Are you being, right. you know, well, trying that, to abide by the law right. where it's becoming an issue? And that is the interesting part. Reading through this, we realize how gentle Paul is being with these people. Whereas in his other letters, dude, he is harsh. Yeah. He is harsh. He calls him out, says, don't you do this anymore. But this, he doesn't do that. So, yeah, let's unpack it a little bit more and we'll, yeah. we'll dive into it. So, verse 2, one person believes he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. So, Right off the bat, just like we were talking about, you have the Jews that are coming into it, some saying, hey, I'm still upholding to what the law says. You know, the law says, don't eat this, so I, I won't eat it. And then you have the others saying, actually, we can eat, we can eat we anything. Yeah, yeah. Be, uh, yeah, Christ has deemed all things, and Jesus says himself. It is not the it is not what enters a man's body that defiles him, it's what that, it's what comes out of his body that defiles him. So Christ himself says everything is okay to eat. Well, and let's I do want to I do find it interesting he's, he's almost pointing out that the in this scenario the Jews who were really holding fast to this diet these dietary restrictions, he's kind of calling them the weak ones in this scenario. He's like, "Okay, you guys don't fully understand your freedom in Christ yet." Yeah. And they're still on the milk of like, "Hey, let's let's start, you know, let's go with the basics, but you know, you, you kind of haven't gotten fully invested in this freedom in Christ thing yet. Right. It's kind of th- where I think he went with this because yeah. he did. He kind of he's calling out those as being weaker in their faith, not judge, not saying they're not Christians, they're not believers, right. not brothers and sisters in Christ. They're just they haven't fully realized their freedom, the freedom they have yet. Right. Well, and and it is both. It is both the Jews and it is the pagans that came into Christianity. So the Jews that converted into Christianity and the pagans that came to Christianity, they were both on both sides. Yeah. There were some that were abstaining completely from meat on the pagan into Christian side. There were some on the Judaic side that was abstaining from meat coming into Christianity. And, and, and he's and, ca- catching both of them. And he's and he's not saying that... I think he's, he's calling out some of the dogma behind it of yeah. like... You're wrong for this. No, you're wrong for this. Like, guys, let's not... Like, we're not going to fight over these opinions. Like, hold those beliefs. That's fine. And, and eat the way you feel convicted to eat. Right. But we're not going to fight over this. It's not worth fighting over. Right. Well, and right right at the end of verse 3, he says, uh, Abstain past judgment on one who eats, for God has welcomed him, as in both of them. God has welcomed both of them. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master or Lord that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. 
So it's like you're walking into a mansion and you see one of uh, the guy who owns the mansion. You see one of his servants serving his master in a way. And you look at him and say, how dare you serve him in this way? You're doing this wrong. You're doing this wrong. Yeah. yeah. And then the master comes down and says, excuse me? He he is serving me. I'm not going to go into your house and say, well, uh, why is your servant serving you this way? And right here, Paul says, and he will be upheld for the Lord is able to make him stand. So either way, if this person is abstaining from meat, if he's abstaining from the meat because he's doing it out of service of God, then by all means, he is glorifying God. The other side of if he's eating the meat because he knows he's free in Christ and he knows that there's nothing wrong with that, but he's doing it to the Lord, then by all means, he's glorifying God. So both ways, and he will be upheld for the Lord is able to make him stand. So let's let's take a little pause here for just a minute and guard against where this could go. Yeah. Because I think what can happen in this scenario is you hear us talking about this. Oh, well, however I choose to serve God is fine. And that is a very dangerous place to go. Yes. I mean, if you follow that to its logical conclusion, you're at Oprah Winfrey. All roads lead to the same God. Right. And that's that's not it at all. So there is, like we say a lot here, there's a balance here of you need to obey Christ. And so what I think, again, what Paul is doing is he's talking about these secondary issues that are not direct disobedience to the word of God and to the laws and the standards and the morals of God that he has set out throughout his scriptures and throughout the word. So we have to adhere to what Christ says. We have to obey what Christ says. It's these other little smaller smaller things that Paul is saying, hey, look, he eats meat. He doesn't eat meat. You're fine. Right. Not he's in sexual sin. He's not. You're not both fine in that scenario. Right. right? It's not he follows Allah. He follows Jesus. You're both fine. That's not it at all. Right. It is we're both serving God, both serving Jesus, Yahweh, the one true God. Yeah. But there's small little differences here and there that don't really make a big difference for the faith itself and right. for their obedience to the core tenets of Christianity. Right. And to put it into context of scripture, so 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. That's a verse taken out of context. Yeah. Saying, well, all things are lawful for me to do then. No, all lawful things are lawful for you to do. But not all of it is helpful to build up or to strengthen or anything like that. So going through this, we need to look at, as Christians, we need to look at, okay, what is lawful? And a lot of times, you go back to the Old Testament. God lists out what he likes and what he doesn't like. Right. If you have any question or doubt, go to the Old Testament. Read through the law. That is God saying, this is what I like, what I don't like. We are lawfully allowed to do what is lawful. But knowing that not all of it build, builds up and not all of it is necessarily good for you to do in the case of your brother. And that's where we get into yeah, in stumbling little, blocks yeah. here in a little bit. But yeah. Absolutely. So looking at that lens of all things are lawful that are lawful to do. Not all things are lawful that is sinful because now that we have freedom in Christ. That is not at all what right. we are talking about. Well, should, should we keep sinning so grace can abound? 
No, no, no dummies. No dummies. That's not, that's not what we're <laughs> saying at all. So again, just careful. You hear us saying the freedom in Christ, and, and that's going to be a theme throughout this section in this chapter of Romans. Right. But it's not full freedom to do whatever you want and serve whoever you want. Right. It's not what that is. So you've got to be careful and make that distinction. So we see, starting in verse 5, a transition. And Austin mentioned this at the outset, that Paul talks about two specific belief, you know, belief systems. One regarding food and what's okay to eat and what's not okay to eat, and one regarding the days. And correct me if I'm wrong on this, but what day we observe the Sabbath. So let's go on to verse 5 and just kind of explore this topic for a minute. One person esteems one day as better than the other, while another esteems all days alike. For each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. So esteeming one day higher than another. Yeah. Uh, as as believers, as Christians, we we have used Sunday as our, our Sabbath. Um, traditionally, Jewish is normally sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. Now, historically throughout... Judaic history, not all Sabbaths are on Saturdays. It it kind of differs a little bit, but predominantly it's Friday night to Saturday night. We as Christians, uh, it actually started in Acts where we started using Sunday as Sabbath. It was the day that uh, the Lord resurrected. So we, there, were, there was a lot more, but we can actually go into that in depth on an episode over Sabbath. Yeah, But we predominantly, we, we, we've used Sunday as our rest day. It's interesting, too, how there is one of those verses taken out of context type deals where, you know, we actually talked about it our, our last episode where God will never give you more than you can handle. And we went through that and that's not true. Well, there's another one that says that do not hold any day higher than another or do not make any day more important than another. And that's not biblical either. That's not Old Testament or New Testament. It derives from this, but what Paul is saying, so uh, verse 6, one person esteems one day better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. So, uh, uh, Judaic faith. They have countless holy days throughout their entire calendar year that they go through and celebrate. And my wife and I, we've been going through looking at them and we're like, okay, which ones did God actually say you are to keep this versus ones that man said, you know, I, we are to celebrate this. One of them is, I believe it's uh, Purim. It's during the time of Esther and when her people were saved during that time. So they they dedicated Purim. I believe it's Purim, forgive me if I get that wrong, uh, to that time where they were freed. Uh, versus going back towards the, the beginning, the Exodus out of Egypt, you have Passover. Uh, so Exodus chapter 12, verse 14, this is the Lord speaking. This day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations as a statute forever. You shall keep it as a feast. So this is one where... It's pretty obvious that God is saying, I am telling you to keep this. So we're going back through looking at all these, but the Jewish faith, they they brought a lot of those in with them, but so did the pagans. The pagans brought in a lot of the celebrations that they did. Right. 
And as we see in different letters that Paul writes, he is very harsh towards this saying, but, but don't do this anymore. Whereas this one, he's not. Because I, I believe Paul is looking at it from the perspective of they're all doing it for God. Uh, the people that are abstaining, the, the people that are not, the people that are celebrating these days versus the people that are not, they are all doing it in the honor and glory of God. Yeah. So I'm going to read this commentary just on these two verses, because I think it, it does a good job of explaining why Paul put this conversation about days sandwiched in between two comments about food. So let, let, let me read these from this, from this uh, expository commentary here, verses five and six. It says, it is not only food regulations that are an issue between the weak and the strong. One day as better than another fits well with the view that some are following a Jewish calendar and perhaps combining both extra Sabbath observance and kosher food requirements. This issue, too, should not become a deal breaker for church fellowship. Individual liberty should be granted in such matters of secondary importance. Paul assumes faithful gospel confession of Christ as Lord on the part of all concerned. So again, I don't think we mentioned this, Paul is talking to believers here. Yes. He's talking to Christians, those who already confess Christ. Give thanks to God likely refers to the standard table blessing. Both groups give thanks in their eating. What divides them is what they are willing to eat. Since weekly Christian gatherings may have included a common meal, including observance of the Lord's Supper, strong contrasting convictions about diet would have been would be on visible display and hold potential for deep division as actually occurred at Corinth which we see in 1 Corinthians 11 20 through 22 yeah so paul is combating this idea that well, we're not getting together with th that group of people because they don't eat the way we do. Right. And that's on both sides that yep. are that are saying that the Jews and the pagans alike or former pagans now Christians alike. They're saying we're not going to eat with these people because they're not they don't eat the same way we do. Yeah. When there's individual liberty in this and there's freedom in Christ in this and these are secondary issues that do not need to divide us. Yeah. Verse 6. For one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats eats in honor of the Lord. Since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains abstains in honor of the Lord, and gives thanks to God. Verse 7, For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. So, yeah, you're, sit you're sitting down at a potluck meal with your church, and you have a brother or a sister sit down, and they have no meat on their plate. I, I mean, personally for me, I don't care. <laughs> I really don't. But you have some people who will ask and say, well, hey, I, dude, Dave just smoked an awesome brisket. Uh, <laughs> you, you need to try it out. It's really good. And they're like, oh, no, I'm okay. Thanks. And so the question ensues, well, why not? And so they say, well, I, I, don't, I don't eat meat. And I, today that's just super prevalent because you have of vegans, course, you yeah. have vegetarians, whatever. But Looking at it from that perspective of, okay, you ask them and they say, I'm doing it because I, I just, I don't, I don't want to eat meat. I, I'm doing it for the Lord. And you can take it two ways. One, you're like, oh, okay, cool. Or B, you get offended because, and today, I mean, it, it I, I don't want to say today's culture, but it just happens throughout history. People yeah. get offended over little, little stupid things. And so they get offended and they say, well, don't you know, we have freedom in Christ to eat whatever. And so... That could be taken that way. Or you have the one that comes and sets the plate down, no meat on the plate, and looks across the, the table and sees someone piled up. They've got the rack of lamb, they've got <laughs> the brisket, and they're disgusted by them. 
And I actually to use Paul's word verbiage, uh, verse three, let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains and let not the one who abstain pass judgment on the one who eats. So you're sitting across the table and you see that person eating and you're just disgusted by him. And you're like, why are you eating all that? And the other one's like, it's really good. Why don't you have any? (laughs) And so, yeah, there's this, this disconnect between you two. And all of a sudden it's a division between you guys. And what Paul is saying is, look, if you're doing it for the right reasons, if if you are abstaining from the meat for the Lord, and if you're eating the meat because of the Lord, then wh- why? There's nothing that should divide you. There's in nothing. Why are yeah. you guys doing this right now? Yeah. And I, and for me, I I don't care. I really don't care. Granted, that's just maybe that is our culture because we've grown up so much with. You have the vegans. You have the non-fat soy toy lattes and i'm just uh, you have five different milks that come from vegetables and nuts and stuff so it's like i I don't know but but even looking at at days looking a lot of people will look at it as the reading through this which I, i take a different bent i guess looking at okay as christians we have this freedom in christ so therefore we get to do all these things that uh people throughout the old testament in the law did not get to do well we're we're going back through and we're looking at things through the Old Testament, looking at the law and being like, all right, exactly why don't we do this anymore? You know, the big one is sacrifice. sacrifice. We don't sacrifice right. anymore. Why? Uh, multiple times throughout Scripture, one in I, I believe it's Micah or Malachi. It says, I I do not require sacrifice. I require obedience. And then, as we know that Christ is the the perfect sacrificial lamb there there is no need for sacrifice anymore um looking at christ saying it's not what enters your body that defiles you but what comes out of your body so therefore we know that things are clean we it, we no longer have to abstain from certain foods uh we know we don't have to sacrifice anymore but looking at the law in the view of the new testament of okay why exactly do we not have to do these things anymore and for for us we look at passover and granted, we see the connection between Passover, the exodus out of Egypt, to Jesus. And we see just how prevalent the reasoning for keeping Passover is because of Jesus and because of what he has done. And so that that is a very important day and week out of the year that my, my family and I, we, we keep. And uh, more, it is way bigger than Christmas. And that gets into a different thing right there. But also looking at it from the perspective of we are not keeping Passover because we believe it is going to save us. We are keeping Passover one back to Exodus chapter 12, where it says, you know, keep this, keep this forever as a statute that I've commanded. And so we're, we're, we're obeying, but I'm also not looking at it from the perspective of, oh, well, it says to do this. So everyone has to do this. You have to do this. No, it, as it says, each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. And I'm, I'm convinced. I'm fully convinced in my mind that my wife and I and my family, we are going to keep Passover. We're going to keep the Feast of Unleavened Bread for that week where we rid ourselves of leaven, which we're, we're coming up to here, here the next week. So I'm preparing for that. That's why it's on my mind so prevalent. Even looking at um, birthdays. You know, uh, that's a, that's a very big thing. So my mom coming from Jehovah's Witness, Jehovah's Witness, it was no, no birthdays at all. We don't celebrate any stuff like that. And so growing up, birthdays were kind of a big thing in my house. And and more and more I look at birthdays, I'm kind of convinced that they're really not a good thing. And my perspective on it is the one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. 
and I'm like, okay, well, my birthday comes along, and my, am I observing my birthday in honor of the Lord, or I'm am I observing it in honor of me? And I was convicted of it. I'm like, really, there's no point in having a birthday unless, which we've, my wife and I, we've been getting more into the re-birthdays. You know, whenever we hear someone say, yeah, I, I was baptized uh, four years ago today. It's like, happy rebirthday or happy true birthday. Yeah. And we we want to make that more of a, a big thing. Well, kind of why we, we put so much emphasis on Christmas. We like Christmas. Why? Because it is us celebrating the birth of Christ. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's a completely different uh, topic <laughs> yeah. we can get into. That'll be a different episode. But <laughs> the point there being is... This is a personal journey that you are going through between you, your wife, your family, and the Lord. We have been convinced of it. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and it's not going to divide me and you if I have a different view on it. Right. Hey, you're coming over to Passover anyway. <laughs> that is also true. <laughs> a- absolutely. And, and so let, let's move on to verse 8 here. Uh, well, verse 7. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. So really, I think what Paul is driving home here is that what unites us, which is Christ, is far superior to any little thing that can divide us. Yes. And so, you know... If you want to put it in in modern day terms, stop being so petty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Stop with the di- with the disunity over things like birthdays, over things like the Passover. Stop with disunity over things like diet. Yep. Now, of course, like you kind of alluded to, like we need to take care of our bodies, and so it matters what we eat just to be yeah. functioning at our highest potential. Yes. So that's a conversation in and of itself. But well, eat, quick sidestep. Even looking at you know Daniel when. Uh, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were brought into Babylonia or Babylon. They abstained from the king's table, from the meats, the choice things that came from the kingdom. And they said, let's just eat vegetables. Turns out they had a stronger countenance. They had a stronger physique. They looked better than those that ate the king's meat. Right. And it wasn't necessarily a thing of meat. It was they were holding true to God. Yeah. Yeah, They were holding true to the law. So Paul is just saying that, guys... Christ unites us. He died for us. He died for you. He died for me as, as believers. He, he is our sacrifice. He is what unites us as brothers and sisters in him, as a family, as a unit, as the body of Christ, as the bride of Christ. And these little differences do not need to get in the way of that unity. And and I think it's important also to, to understand that Paul, and throughout his letters in the New Testament, there are things that need to divide us. Yeah, There are issues we need to divide over. Yeah. And that's when you get into these core issues and this, this heretical, you know, these heresies that lead people down the wrong path and lead people yep. away from Christ. And, yep. and so those are, there, there are issues that we need to be disunited over. Yeah. Right. And then we need to step away from people who believe certain things. But these small things, that's not it. Right. These do not need to be dividing us. We have a bigger task here than to quit quarrel over. Oh, you eat shellfish, you don't, you're wrong, I'm wrong, everyone's wrong, whatever. Like, that's not what we need to be doing. We need to be making disciples. Right. And we're not going to make disciples when we're fighting amongst ourselves. Over food. Over food. And over... Which days we celebrate. Which days we celebrate, which days we don't. Right? Like, making disciples is the goal. Right. Drawing closer to Christ is the goal. Moving from the milk to the meat. And that, by the way, is when you will start having those convictions on your own life. Yes. Is when you move from the milk to the meat. 
Yes. As you start diving into the word, going to the meat of theology, then you're going to start getting convicted of certain things. I'm like, okay, maybe I need to change my perspective on this. Maybe birthdays have become an idol and a selfish issue for me. So I need to maybe adjust my thinking. Maybe they're not an issue, but maybe my diet is. Yeah. And I need to adjust my thinking, right? Maybe right. food has become my idol. Right. And so that's where Paul's going here, is he's saying, as you move into the deeper parts of the faith and you become stronger... Then you start making these adjustments, and that's a conversation between you and God. Yeah. And that's when the change happens, and you start to be like, okay, I personally, for my walk with the Lord, and this is where it becomes a little more individualized. I mean, I do think, you know, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Yep. doesn't mean you have to earn your salvation. It just means you need to start, how do I best serve God? Right. With the talents he's given me, with, but also with my weaknesses. How do I best serve God? And that's where Paul's kind of driving home here in a roundabout way. You have to read it in full context because right. it's not necessarily saying that just right here, Yeah. but he does say it throughout the rest of his letters. You get deeper with him. You get closer with him. You start having these convictions. Okay. Like I said, birthdays are my idol. I need to adjust how I feel about that yeah. or how I approach these these days. Yeah. Okay. My food's my idol. I need to adjust how I think about food and what I, what I, you know, what I eat, what I put into my body. Right. So it, it's all about your individual walk with the Lord in this moment. Yeah. Oh, and another example would be <clears throat> alcohol. You know, looking at alcohol from a biblical standpoint. Which he mentions here. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. It's, uh, verse 21. So, yeah, looking at the Christians who believe <clears throat> that, no, you abstain, you, you don't drink at all, it's evil, it's it's sinful. Versus the other who says, no, it's it's okay. We it, it, Scripture says as long as you don't, don't, don't become drunk. It's fine. It's the same issue. You know, if you are fully convinced in your mind that it is wrong, then yeah, by all rights, by all intents and purposes, you have to abstain from it. Versus the other side saying, no, I, I believe it's really okay. Through scripture, I, I don't see an issue with it. Then you're okay with it. And we'll dive into it a little bit more in verse 21. But yeah. even our even our pastor is like, man, I wish, he said this from the pulpit a, a few months ago. He said, I wish I could tell you, you can't drink alcohol. I really do. I really <laughs> yeah. wish I could, but I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not in the Bible. Right. It doesn't say that. And so he is one who won't drink. And so like for me, just my view on it, I mean, not to dive really far into it, I am okay with it. I, I have bartended in the past. You know, I, I like bourbon. I like beer. I like certain drinks. But out of respect for him, if he's at my house, that's not, we're not going to partake. Right. Because I know his convictions and it might make him, I'm not saying it would make him stumble, but just saying out of respect for him and his, and how he feels about it. Hey, I'm going to have sweet tea or unsweet tea instead, or I'm going to have a Coke instead. Right. Like it's, that's, that's, that's Paul, what Paul's saying. That's showing that respect for someone who doesn't believe it's okay to drink or or isn't comfortable with it. Right. And so the overarching theme of verses one through 12 is, so verse 10, why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to me. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. So why do you pass judgment on your brother? This is where people, especially Christians, Christians go to it and say, oh, this is why you can't judge me. Which, as we've gone through, even just through Romans, it is our job as Christians to judge other Christians. Looking at their fruits, looking at their life. Romans chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. You are to proof. You are to prove your standing, prove whom you serve to the world and to your fellow brothers and sisters. That's just the fact of the matter. If you are producing fruit, that is proof. That is you proving to your brothers and sisters, yes, I am I am following Yahweh. I'm following 
God. So this is not the same judgment. This is talking about final judgment. This is talking about God's judgment, where, where it says just a little bit later on, for we will stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. Just to put it simply, this is the, oh, he's having a beer with dinner. He can't be a Christian. He's going straight to hell. Yeah. 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 Great reference. <laughs> Thank you. I hope, I hope people know what that's from, because that's hilarious. Straight to hell. But no, that's what, that, that's that's the kind of judgment he's talking about here, is, oh, Joe Blow ate, ate a shrimp scampi yesterday. He's going to hell. Yep. He's no, not upholding like the statutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what Paul's combating here. He's combating the judgmental attitude. And and, and honestly, we have that tendency to, to, to be that way. Yeah. Where we think we are right, we, and you are wrong. And when you're wrong, you're not just wrong in a sense of like you're being sinful you're wrong and like you don't really believe you're not really right. a christian and that's not that that's not the right attitude to have right yeah the attitude to have is hey let's talk about this and and, and if it is legitimate sin yes we'll, we'll and that's not, not a subject we're getting into today but yeah how do we go about pointing that out with people and, and discussing sin with people there's a whole plan laid out yeah yeah <laughs> but that's what this is it, yeah. it's that's the judgment that's okay the judgment of oh i see he has a glass of bourbon he must not be a christian right that's the judgment that paul's condemning here right so. yeah yeah so moving on in the next section so verse 13 therefore let us not pass judgment on one another any longer but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother so like we were just talking about alcohol that is one so for me i i do i believe it's okay but i will not drink outside of my home in a bar. I won't go to a bar. I won't go to uh, a restaurant and order a drink there. If I drink, it'll be in the confines of my own home. And even having people over, I am very conscious of who is coming over. Right. And certain people that come over, n- nothing is out. You won't right. see a thing. Versus Brad comes over and him and I can share with something. And it, that is just me being conscious of, I do not want to stumble anybody if they had a problem in the past or they just don't think it is it is okay and it's right then it's not even brought up so that that is one way that i i yeah, configure my life for that and, and to go a step further you know you have a new a new believer who is coming out of maybe maybe not necessarily alcoholism but like maybe the party scene yeah coming out of the party scene i'm not gonna then bring him into my home and share it share a drink with him and talk about christ i'm gonna talk about christ over a water over a soft drink over yeah. whatever because i know that hey they didn't hold their liquor well 20 minutes ago, right? Like, right. They were, quote unquote, 20 minutes ago. Like, before they were a believer, they didn't right. hold their liquor well. Yeah. They drank to party. Yeah. And drank to, quote unquote, have fun. Yeah. Okay, we're not going to then drink together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I don't want you to think that I'm condoning that sort of lifestyle. Right. But also, I want to make sure you don't fall down that path. Exactly. You are not strong enough in your faith yet to have a glass of alcohol. Yeah. After coming, just coming out of the party scene. Yeah. And they may never. And they may never be. That's exactly right. And so it it is. It's it's being discerning as a believer in these scenarios. Yeah. In food scenarios and alcohol scenarios in theological debate scenarios. It is being discerning as to who is ready for these topics and who's not. Yeah. Who's able to handle the dietary issues. Who's not able to handle the diet. Who's able to handle alcohol. Who's not able to handle it. And knowing, hey, there's a time and a place for this. 
and don't shove it. This is one of those moments. Don't shove it down people's throats. Yep, right? Exactly. We, we talk about, don't shove your faith down my throat. No, stop. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> don't shove this down someone's throat. Oh, look, I have a beer. <laughs> I have freedom in Christ. That's not. Right. Oh, I don't drink because alcohol is evil. Yeah. That's not it. Neither one of those positions are right. Right. It's, and it's being careful you don't go far too far on both sides. Exactly. Yeah. So, verse 14. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it unclean. That's that's the important one. It is. If you are fully convinced in your mind that I can't eat this or I cannot do this thing because... I believe it is wrong. I believe it is against God. Then 100% I am behind you. If if you come to my house and say, hey, I, I don't eat meat. I, I believe it's wrong for me to eat meat. Guess what? We won't have meat for dinner. Right. We, I will come up with something. We'll have a... <laughs> I mean, it'll be a sad meal, but we'll come up hey, with Hey, no. We can make some, yeah, we can make some good <laughs> stuff. You, we can make some, like, spaghetti squash stuff. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but if you think it's unclean and you are persuaded... That it is, then it is. So Paul, I'm going to read this little passage here from from this commentary. It says, Paul implies that he is among those he considers strong. He has a firm conviction grounded in his relationship with Christ that that Jewish food laws and their clean slash unclean restrictions are no longer binding. Not only does does Jesus teach this, but Peter's vision in Acts 10 and subsequent interaction with Cornelius confirm that Peter should not declare unclean what God has now given his people permission to partake of freely. Paul is living out this same conviction. This is where the weak can stumble. Their own misguided conscience can make them feel guilty when objectively they are not. Any particular food is unclean for anyone who thinks it's unclean. So again, it's those who are weaker in their faith who have these convictions and this causes them to stumble, question their faith, question their if that's sin or not. Okay, let's just eliminate that distraction right now. Yeah. Because you're not quite strong enough and secure enough in your faith to be able to handle that conversation yet. Yeah. And that's that's kind of where Paul is here. He's like, okay, I know I'm strong enough in my faith. I can enjoy these freedoms in Christ. Right. But if you're not yet, that's fine. We're not going to go there yet. Right. Let's get you strong in your faith. Let's get you moving from milk to, to steak. Well, and, and here's the transition from the first 12 verses Versus the last several. Verse 15, For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one whom for whom Christ died. So the first 12 verses, it's saying, if you, if you believe and you're convinced that it is okay, as even Paul says, I am persuaded in the Lord Jesus Christ that nothing is unclean. So even Paul is saying that all things are clean. You can eat them. And just earlier he's saying, for those who abstain not to pass judgment and those who do not to despise and so on and so forth, vice versa. But here he is talking about, say, when someone comes over and they're eating with you and it is going to cause your brother to stumble. That is where he is saying, don't do it. Now, I, as I read this, I don't say it, I don't take Paul saying, if your brother thinks it's wrong to eat meat, you are to abstain from meat for the rest of your life. What I, what I take from this is, if you're eating around that brother, if that brother is near you and you're fellowshipping, whatever it may be, then do not eat meat in front of him because it will cause him to stumble. And it might not be, uh, okay, say uh, Cokes. Say you're fine with drinking a Coke every once in a while, but say your your brother was addicted to him and they were drinking him every day and so they quit. And now you get a Coke and you're drinking it in front of him. Well, it could cause him to stumble and go back into drinking Cokes every day. Right. That's just kind of one right there. There's a bunch of other ones that we can get into, but that's just one of them. And again, verse 15, 
is fighting that attitude that I just talked about, where the one person says, oh, look at me, I have freedom in Christ, I can do what I want, and here's mm-hmm. a beer, versus, oh, look at me, I'm not drinking beer because it's evil, or I'm not eating this because it's evil. Yeah. It's, again, he is saying, okay, both of those mentalities are wrong. It's being sensitive to what your weaker, the weaker in the faith are, are dealing right. with right now. Yeah. And that's what it boils down to, is what are their convictions of the other people, and what, why why are they weaker in their faith in this particular issue? Right. Like, what's, what's the reasoning behind it? Again, the new Christian who just started partying should not be someone you have a drink with. Right. Right? Who just came out of that lifestyle. Right. The, the the Christian who, or the new Christian who came from a real rigid, legalistic, dietary restrictions like like the, you know, Old Testament Jewish law, yeah. that's not someone you eat shrimp scampi with. Right. Right? Like, don't, in, don't invite them over for a pig roast. Exactly. Yeah. Like, ease them into the freedom in Christ. They may never get to where they're fully okay with these certain issues, but at least let them and God deal with that. And that's where taking all that, but then he switches into the walking in love. He switches exactly. into the, okay, what is our action as fellow brothers and sisters in Christ? And it is this. If you have a brother or sister that is having this issue, do not do that around them. If you invite them, invite them over to the house, you do not do it. And and that is you are actively loving your brother or sister and trying to help them out in their faith. You are helping them out. So verse 16, so do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So this is Paul just saying again, that these are not important issues. These are, like, they might not even be secondary issues. Yeah, they might be tertiary issues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, things, and, things that we do not need to let develop divide us and cause problems and rifts and church splits and and whatever these these issues cause. Yes. Quit being petty. Yeah, exactly. Well, he makes that point because again, why? Why do we need to stop being petty? Why do we need not let these things divide us? Because whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. Mm. So let us then pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. So it is all about, we've discussed this before, and I think we'll get into this topic at some point, this whole being united as a body of Christ and a body of believers and and showing church unity. And what does that look like? You know, I think a a good example was a couple weeks ago when I had that issue in the soundboard, in the sound room upstairs, and I called somebody from another church. Yeah. We hadn't met. We had a mutual friend, hadn't met him, but he said, yeah, I'll be there in a few minutes. And he came to help. Church helping another church. Yep. Quote, unquote, competing churches. Right. I mean, they're not. But like, we are all the body in our mindset, sometimes we think of it that way, yeah. especially in America. Yeah. We think of churches as competing for numbers and competing for people. Yep. And that's not what we're supposed to be doing. Right. But again, that is a sign of church slash body of Christ unity. Yeah. Where he was willing, and shout out Will if you're listening, because I told him about this podcast and hopefully he listens. <laughs> but he was willing to come help another church, get stuff fixed to, yeah. so things work. And, and so we can serve the Lord with excellence the next morning. Right. Like that is unity. That is what yes. Paul is doing talking about here he said look we need to be unified we are one body he uses that analogy all throughout his letters all throughout his letters yeah so whoever is is pursuing christ is accepted by god and men so that is the key that is issue number one are you serving christ yeah if so let's be united yes and on these core issues let's be in agreement but on these other issues let's just have conversations that not but not let it divide us yeah and not let it ruin relationships ruin the church and ruin our witness 
Yeah. And ruin our ability to make disciples. Right. Let's build each other up and pursue peace. Right. Yeah. And so, so whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. Uh, verse four, who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master or Lord that he stands or falls. So it is, it's, you're looking at someone and saying, how dare you serve God that way? Right. And now, now yes, there are examples throughout scripture where it is abundantly clear how God wants to be worshiped. Exactly. And he, he lays it out perfectly, simply even. But if you are serving God by by abstaining from something or serving God by not abstaining from something, as long as you are doing it for the glory of God, then whoever thus serves God is acceptable to God and approved by men. So yeah, let's just, let's wrap this up. Verse 20 through 23 kind of puts a bow on this. Do not for the sake of food destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. So we, we've talked about that ad nauseum yep. here. If it causes your brother to stumble or if they are personally opposed or have an issue with it and it's going to cause an issue between the two of you, whose responsibility is it to abstain? The one who believes it's okay, right? Right. So again, when my pastor comes over or someone like him comes over who is a strong believer but does not agree with alcohol, whose job is it to keep the unity in that scenario? It's mine. Right. It's my job because I believe it's okay. Well, you know what? It is okay. However, if he doesn't, Unity is more important than that yeah. than that drink or yes. that food. Unity yes. is more important. So the onus is on the person who has the freedom. Or, again, in proper context, the person who is stronger in their faith. I'm not saying my, I'm stronger than my pastor in my faith by any means. Right. That's a differing of, that is a difference of opinions right. talked about in verse 1. Right. Okay? But the weaker person, the, the, it is on the stronger person of faith to say, hey, all right, because I know this is going to be an issue for you, we're not going to do this. We're yeah. not going to go there. Yeah. It's on us. Where am I? Oh, verse 22. 22. <laughs> the faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed, blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Mm, yes. A kind of a rule of thumb. If it is leading to self-destruction, it is probably not good for you. Absolutely. Um, that leads to cigarettes. That leads to alcohol. That leads yeah. to sugar. It leads to literally everything. If it is leading to your self-destruction, it is not of God. And you should not do it anymore. Right. And, and I keep, we keep going back to this, but it's, it's honestly more so than food in today's culture. Alcohol in the today's church culture is more of... Probably more of an issue than yeah. than food, I, I would, especially in the West. Yeah. Right? So... Well, I, I mean, honestly, I'd put them both up there. Why? Because, uh, especially in the West, why? We are, we are a gluttonous... Okay. Gluttony. You're right. It, it, it is all about right. quantity. It's all about you eat what you want when you want. I guess I'm thinking more of the, oh, you're not allowed to eat this, you're allowed yeah. to eat that. And that's yeah, kind of where my mind goes in yeah. this. But I, I totally get that. Absolutely, yeah. food's an issue in the West. <laughs> yeah. Specifically but, in the but West. But definitely this this topic, yeah. But but for this one, I, I do think alcohol is more... So I keep going back to that, not because I'm obsessed with it, but just because it's more prevalent yeah. in today's culture, yeah. church culture, as far as a, yes, you can't have it, no, you can't have it right. issue. I So I've had... You know, I've had seasons of life where I've adjusted how I viewed it because I did get drunk. And I'm like, okay, this, this, mm-mm. I need to not do it in this setting anymore yeah. because I couldn't handle it in this setting. And it leads to that self-destruction mm. or leads to that sin. Yeah. So, yeah, that is a moment where I was like, okay, I have to adjust. And I, I take this setting out of my, right. you know, out, out of thing. And so it took me, you know, and maybe it, it should have stopped me altogether. I don't know. But again, 
when I realized I could handle it, when I realized that, hey, I can do this without leading to sin, right. is when I went back and said, okay, I can have a glass here and there. Right. Because I'm not going to sin in this. I'm going to be able to hold hold myself accountable. Right. It's the same way with what he's talking about here. If you cannot hold yourself accountable, you don't do it. Yep. Right? If you're not doing it out of faith and you are doing it knowing it's going to cause you to sin, that's where you draw the line. You say, look, wait a minute. Again, the partier, the ex-alcoholic, the person who was super, super obese and has now lost weight and become healthier and a better version of themselves to serve, to better serve the Lord. Right. That candy bar, right? That candy bar in and of itself is not sinful. Right. Period. That Reese cup is not sinful. Right. Eating a Reese cup will not send you to hell. Right. Does not need you to repent. However, for the person who struggled with weight issues and gluttony issues their whole life, that Reese cup could lead them down a path to go right back to where they were. Right. They need to abstain. Well, and if they have been fully convinced that this is bad for me. Also true. And they yeah. go back to it, then yeah. Well, yeah. even take cigarettes. Cigarettes, exactly. The tobacco plant, it is not evil. Rolling it up into a cigarette is not evil. Taking a drag off of a cigarette is not bad. But if you are therefore smoking one after another after another, if you, you have addicted, to have one every dependent. single day, yeah. then yeah, it is not a good thing. You, Your body is dependent on it. It is leading to self-destruction. Right. Looking at alcohol the same way, I put them in the same category as drinking is not inherently evil. Or bad or sinful. Smoking is not sinful either. I don't I don't smoke. But what does alcohol do to your mind and what does a cigarette do to your mind? The cigarette gives you a buzz. The alcohol gives you a buzz. Through scripture, what do we know about staying sober-minded? What are what do we know as men, specifically men, but especially women too, but Keeping sober-minded, being able to stand firm in this day, being able to keep watch over everything that's going Keeping on. Keeping wits about you. Alcohol, cigarettes, um, marijuana. marijuana, drugs, yeah. they dull your senses to the point where you cannot stay alert 100% the way that you're supposed to do it. And that, that is why I don't. That is right. why I abstain when I do and how I do it. Because by scripture, I am fully convinced that... As the man of my household, as the leader of my household, I am to stand. What's the word? Um, stand guard. Stand guard, and I am be. I have to be on guard at one hundred percent peak as much as I possibly can, and that is forever until I die. Yeah. And any time I were to have too much to drink, therefore my senses are dulled, and therefore I am putting my entire family at spiritual risk. If I were to take up smoking and I had to step out to smoke a cigarette whenever I wanted one at home, every time I do that, I am therefore taking a step back from my role as a man and saying, uh, I need a break. Not not even when you want. And, and, and honestly, in the case of cigarettes, when you need. It's when you need. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes a need. Yep. So. And then with marijuana, it dulls your senses. As a man, if you are the leader of your household, you cannot take a step off the front line because therefore, who is the front line? Your wife and your children. And I I, I won't. Right. I will not do that. Now, am I going to preach that to other men? I will consider it as a, hey, you might want to do this. <laughs> but if they don't, that's, dude, that's up to you. Yeah. That is totally up to you. Yeah. And, and that is one of the, those are going to be some of those issues that are between them and God. Yes. And, and that we work out on our own and say, hey, all right, I need to change my thinking about this. Mm -hmm. And God will convict them. Hopefully, if they're seeking him, he'll convict them and say, hey, this is an area I need you to trust me and say, hey, I need to let this go. Or 
yeah. or, you know, this well, and, is not good for you. You can't handle this. Right. Stop. And to put <laughs> it into that perspective of, okay, I'm, I'm at home. I'm, I'm having a beer and okay. So I finished my beer. Another one sounds good. Put in the perspective of, okay, if I drink that second one, if a man's or if a couple guys step into my house to harm my family, am I going to be 100% up to par to defend my family? Right. The answer is no. I, and you can get into the, to the debate of, oh, well, I can handle six, seven without it affecting me. <laughs> yeah. If that, if that is true, that that's a different conversation, but yeah. Of course. So Romans 14, it just, it, it's it's all about this. Let's not let these small things divide us. Let's not let these small things cause disunity. And as a stronger believer or as a believer with different convictions, you are not to allow yourself to cause your brother to stumble. Yes. And that's what this whole thing boils down to. We we discussed, we went a little bit deeper. We discussed a few different things and took them to different, you know, maybe a little farther than Paul does in this particular yeah. chapter. Not yeah. extra biblical by any means. We, right. you know, I do feel like we were faithful to what Paul is said and what the Bible has said throughout his letters and throughout yeah. the whole New Testament, Old Testament alike. But in this particular, just boil down chapter 14, stronger Christians do not allow yourselves to cause weaker Christians to stumble. Yeah. Weaker Christians begin to move from the milk to the steak and yeah. get to the meat, dive into these things. And between you and God, determine what freedoms in Christ you are able to take. Right. Right. Determine what liberties you're allowed. You can allow yourself to have before it turns sinful. Right. right. And when, when you realize it's going to turn sinful, you need to stop because the goal is to stay away from sin as much as possible. Not get right. up to the line, stay away from it. Right. And so if you find yourself getting up to that line of sin in whatever issue we're talking about, whether that's tattoos, whether that's alcohol, marijuana, cigarettes, food, yeah. glutton, you know, in the, in the realm of gluttony or in the realm of just restrictions in general, what's, is it okay to be a vegan? Is it okay to not be a vegan? Whatever. Right. If you find yourself getting to that line of like, oh, this is this is starting to get close to sin. Turn and go the other direction. Let it go. And, and that becomes your conviction. Yes. Well, and so whenever I bring upon a, an opinion, I will say, this is my opinion. And I, I wonder what you're thinking too. I have noticed just reading throughout scripture, look, looking through the past 2000 years of church history, it is interesting how it goes back and forth. Uh, this During this section, Paul is talking about those who believe they have that, they know that they have that freedom in Christ versus the ones that don't. So he refers to the ones that don't as the weaker in their faith versus the ones who do stronger. But then throughout history, it flips. You have the weaker who they they go full bore to that, I am I am free in Christ, so I can do whatever I want. Not the sinful part, but I can do literally anything else I want. Where that Paul brings it up in Corinthians, where he says, all things are lawful for me to do, but they don't, not all things upbuild or not all things are actually profitable for you. And so there, there's this flip, and I, I believe we are on the opposite side of what Paul is talking about, to where a lot of the, this modern era of Christianity, and a lot of it is progressivism, I, I blame. Of course. Saying, oh, we're, we're freedom in Christ, freedom in Christ, we do whatever we want, we can, we can do whatever we want. Oh, as long as it's not sinful, which, yeah, most of them get that part right. But so you do have the stronger believers who are siding on actually sticking to biblical things, sticking to, okay, well, this is what God likes, this is what he doesn't like. And the, I'm not saying that as a rule of thumb, but Looking at history, it is interesting how it flips back and forth. I, I agree, but I do think I do think we are more on the freedom side mm-hmm. in, in today's society, especially in the church society and church culture. However, I would take it a step further. I think the news just didn't say that actually, for the most part, turns sinful. Yeah, because what we're seeing is this freedom in Christ. They're taking it to mean, oh, I can sleep with whoever I want, no matter what gender they are. Yeah, whether they're my wife or not, or my husband or not. Also, 
well, God made them gay, so they must they must be okay. Yeah, I wasn't even stepping that. I know, far. but I'm just saying. <laughs> but like, it's right. Yeah. I do think. I think yes, yes, I agree with you. But I do take it further. I yes. do think more so. Yeah, some of them, some of them, a lot of people yeah. will go with the don't sin as long as it's crossing to sin. Yeah. But I think the vast majority of people actually are redefining the word sin. That's well, they're redefining words in general. Well, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really. That's the I'm progressive just progressive Christianity looking is definitely at. Doing that. But if you look at it, like evangelical Christianity yeah. in the tr- in the West today, not not elevation, not Benny Hinn, yeah. not whatever other weird satanic satanic watered down <laughs> gospel nonsense is out there. But yeah. actual people who truly are preaching the gospel and, right. and, and believe that Christ is the only way to heaven and that the Bible says what it says. Yeah. So yeah, I do think we lean more towards freedom right. nowadays and more of the freedom in Christ and less on the traditions of Christianity right. and of what's right and wrong or what's right. permissible and not permissible. Yeah. So I, I, I do agree with you. I just, I think because progressive Christianity has taken such stronghold in the west oh yeah huge stronghold in the west we are maybe getting close to a flip back because we're going to have to react to this progressive yeah. christianity and we're going to say hey wait a minute we've gone a little too far here right. and maybe we need to start pulling it back to that right orthodox way of doing things i'm on board with that one <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm iffy no. yeah yeah but that's where we're at minor issues it's true. Minor issues, right? Let's not let it divide us unless it is sinful. And unless it, needs, it is and sinful. And then it needs to divide us. Yeah. We talked about two weeks ago, the Exposing Evil episode. We need to be divided from those people yep. that think that's okay. And that is the time where you see a brother or sister doing those acts. Then you go to them and say, what you're doing is sinful. Therefore, I am judging you upon your sin and it is not fruitful. So therefore, this is what scripture says. Right. And we've we've talked about that before. Yeah. We can always and, talk about it again. And we will talk about it again. Guarantee it. Yep. <laughs> so... Well, thank you guys for listening to Romans chapter 14, episode number 57. We are inching ever closer to that magical 100 mark. Uh, Same way with our Facebook followers, inching ever closer. We're in the 70s now, so we're interested. Inching ever close to that 100 mark. And I have, I do have an idea that Allison and I have to discuss about what we can do for our, when we get to 100 people, 100 followers. So do us a favor, share us on Facebook, like us on Facebook, like us on Instagram, follow us on those platforms. Give us a five-star review on Apple if you have a chance, if you have an iPhone. Please do so. That helps us get up the charts, helps us get more noticed. We have a couple things, I think, in the works that are going to be kind of cool. We're going to come back next week. We had a topic. We might switch our topic. So I'm not going to let you know what we're going to do until we... Surprise! Surprise on next week's episode. But... Uh, we're, we're excited to keep this going. Um, I don't, We have Simon coming up here in a few weeks. He's oh, going to discuss man. a couple things. I know, right? <laughs> Gosh darn it. But Simon's going to come on and, and uh, talk about, I believe, when we go through the Hall of Faith is when he's going to jump on and we're going to go through Hebrews chapter 11. 11. Thank you. I was thinking 13 for some reason, but Hebrews chapter 11. And Austin's like, that's, or Austin, Simon's like, it's one of my favorites. I want to jump on there. I'm like, let's oh, cool. do it. So he's going to come in and we're excited for that. So again, follow us, like us, review us, share us, share episodes. Share our page. Tell your loved ones. If you really love them, you'll tell them about our podcast. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> May not be true, but that's fine. If you really love them, you will share this with them. Uh, we're just gonna I'm just gonna guilt you into this. Do it. If you really love us, you'll do that too. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we will see you guys next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. In the meantime, stay rooted. <laughs>